We're going to open up to uh, John chapter 13, and it's page 900 in your pew Bible, if you don't have one. If you're like me, you took one of the pew Bibles home, uh, so it's the same if you got that as well. Page 900, yep. Say amen once you got it. All right. Um, So I'm going to read John chapter 13. One thing that stuck out to me as we were worshiping this morning, is is it super loud or are we good? Okay. Um, This past week in our community group, we were reading in Mark chapter 10 about guy named Bartimaeus, and he cried out, he was a blind, he was blind, and he cried out for healing, and our community group was discussing, uh, you know, just like, do you have faith like Bartimaeus, um, and one thing that Stephen, uh, in our, one of the Stevens in our community group mentioned was that so often we don't recognize that we're blind, like, no, I don't cry out like Bartimaeus because I don't feel blind. Or I don't know like how broke how like how broken I truly am, so I don't cry out like a blind man like who's desperate for healing because I don't like see how blind I truly am. And then as we were singing this morning, I was just reminded of that. Um, just pray that God will open our eyes this morning to see how, the depths of our sin, the depths of our brokenness, and the glories of the healing that Jesus has offered to us. And that if we could really receive, uh, if we really know how blind we are, then we'll really be able to receive the fullness of like what God has for us in Jesus. Um, and it will just fill us, I pray like this morning, that we'll just be filled with thankfulness towards Christ. Um, he didn't have to save us. He didn't have to lay down his life for us, but he did. So praise God. So let's reach out John chapter 13. Now, before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart out of this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. During supper, when the devil had already put it into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and that he had come from God and he was going back to God, rose from supper. He laid aside his outer garments and taken a towel, tied it around his waist. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter who said to him, Lord, do you wash my feet? Jesus answered him, what I'm doing you do not understand now, but afterwards you will understand. Peter said to him, you will never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, if I do not wash you, you have no share with me. Find where I was. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, the one who is bathed does not need to wash except for his feet, but is completely clean. And you are clean but not every one of you. For he knew who was to betray him. That was why he said, not all of you are clean. When he had washed their feet and put on his outer garments and resumed his place, he said to them, do you understand what I've done to you? 
You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you also should do just as I have done to you. Truly, truly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than the master, nor a messenger greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, just feel really weak. God, because I know that this morning there's people here who are mourning and they need to be comforted. God, there's people here this morning who are filled with joy and they need people to come around them and share in their excitement. God, there's people who are sitting here this morning who are anxious. God, and they need to experience peace that surpasses understanding. God, there's people in here today who are suffering, and they need to be comforted. God, there's people sitting here today who are sick. God, who are in pain, and they need to be healed. So God, just ask that you would... Meet each one of us where we're at. Holy Spirit, I'm hungry for a move. I'm hungry to see you uh, be high and lifted up. God, I'm hungry to see you glorified. I'm hungry to see uh, us transformed in a way that we would love one another, in a way that people would see Jesus in us. And God, I feel weak to, to bring any of that. So Holy Spirit, I just pray that you would, you would do the work. God, your word says that um, there are people who, though they have eyes, they don't see, and though they have ears, they can't hear. But Holy Spirit, I know you are the one who opens eyes, and you're the one who opens ears. God, you open my ears. God, I hated you, and you opened my eyes, and you have shown me this deep love. God, I thought you were boring, and God, now I love to serve you. God, I pray that you would increase our faith. God, I pray that you would point our eyes, our hearts to Jesus. It's not about us, but it's all about you. In Jesus' name, amen. So before we dig into the scripture, I just want to take a look at where we're at um, in John. Um, this moment right here where Jesus is uh, getting ready to give us a picture of what it looks like to be his sent disciples into the world uh, it's about 24 hours, less than 24 hours before he would be crucified. So there's a lot of things that are going to happen between now and then. But, you know, Jesus, he knows that he's feeling that. He feels the weight of my life is coming to an end. I don't have much time left. And maybe you've sat uh, with someone who knew that their time was getting ready to come. And you know what it feels like. You know the weight and the burden of sitting in that room and... Uh, you definitely, if God is gracious and the person who's getting ready to die is fluent and they can speak, then you really want to hang on to those last words. And Jesus, he, that's, this is the time. There's 20, less than 24 hours before he would be crucified. He knows he's about to be betrayed. Someone that he poured into for three years of faithful ministry, loving, 
serving. He knew that it was uh, right around the corner that he would be betrayed. And maybe we probably wouldn't know that we're about to be betrayed, but we might know the feeling of betrayal. Maybe you have someone who is close to you, uh, who, who God intended to be someone who protects and loves you, but you were betrayed by them. Jesus knows that that's, that's to come. Jesus knows that he doesn't have much more time with his disciples. People he loved, he's cared for, he's taught, and he wanted them to know, guys, I'm getting ready to go. I'm not going to leave you alone. I'm going to send you a helper. I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit. But I need you to know that soon you will be sent out. And your goal, your mission, your vision will be to make uh, to show uh, me to the world, to show them who I am by the way you love one another. Jesus knew his time was short. There, all through the Gospels, um, he was telling people, hey, it's not my time yet. My time has not yet come, but there was a transition in his language uh, right before John chapter 13, which says, my time has now come. That the Son uh, that I would do the work, that I would fulfill the work that the Father sent me to do. My time has come that I might glorify the Father. So he's no longer telling people, my time has not yet come, the time has come. Jesus called his followers, uh, his disciples in the passage, but also us now to get low. Everyone say, get low. Y'all are tired, everyone say, get low. There we go, there we go. Jesus called his followers to get low. And when, uh, over, throughout the sermon, I'm going to talk about how we should get low because Jesus got low. And when I say get low, this is what I mean by it. That we do nothing out of selfish ambition or conceit. That we count others more significant than ourselves. That we look not only to our own interests, but also to the interests of the others. And that we lay down our own lives so that others can find life. And Jesus, he's a powerful leader, right? Uh, if you know any good leader, they're not just going to tell you what to do. They're going to demonstrate it. They're going to show you how to do it. And so Jesus, he's not just going to tell his disciples, his disciples, he's not just going to tell his followers today to get low. He's going to, he showed us how to get low. He showed us how to count others more significant than themselves. He showed us how to do nothing out of selfish ambition or conceit. We're going to view the passage through two different lenses. Uh, one lens is going to be the way of Jesus, and the other lens is going to be the way of the world. The way of Jesus is the story that Jesus and the scriptures promise will lead to peace and joy and fullness of life. Jesus, There's a way that Jesus teaches. There's a way that he speaks. There's a way that the scriptures teach that there's a promise that if you obey these, I know you can't do them perfectly. That's why I came. But as the more and more you can walk in these ways, the more fullness of life you experience, the more joy and peace you experience. That's the way of Jesus. Then there's the way of the world that promises those same things but leave us uh, empty and wanting more. The way of the world is the story that media, that culture, that even our own flesh. So let's not like blame everybody else. We we make ourselves promise that, oh, if I just get that boyfriend, if I just get that husband, if I just get that wife, if I just get that next promotion, if I just move to a nicer house, if I just get a new car, then that will, that will give us fullness of life. That will give us joy and that will give us peace. 
The difference is the way of Jesus is truth and will actually lead to those things, and the way of the world will leave us empty and wanting more. John 12, 42 to 43, right before the scripture, you don't need to turn there. <clears throat> we kind of have, have a choice to make. Will we walk in the ways of Jesus or will we walk in the ways of the world? Will we believe that false story that leaves us empty or will we seek to be obedient to Christ? John 12, 42 and 43 says, Nevertheless, many, even of the authorities, believed in him. They had seen him do mighty miracles. They have seen him do powerful things. Nevertheless, many, even of the authorities, believed in him, but for the fear of the Pharisees, they did not confess it, so that they would not be put out of the synagogue, for they loved the glory that comes from man more than the glory that comes from God. And so some, some of us, we, we've seen God do crazy things. We've grown up uh, seeing God move powerfully in, fans, in, in friends and family but maybe because we don't want to lose our status at work or in school, we have a choice to make. Will we choose to walk in the ways of Jesus, knowing they're true because of what we've seen, or because we're afraid of losing status or losing friends, we will continue to walk in the ways of the world. In John 13, verse 1, it says, Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart out of this world, to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. So what is love in the way of Jesus? Jesus loves to the end. Jesus loves an enduring love. It is steadfast. It is faithful. It never gives up. It always encourages. It always hopes. And it endures to the end. It's sacrificial. Jesus' love is sacrificial. Time is short, and he is still focused not on himself, but on others. One thing, as I was talking through the scripture with Bethany, um, I asked her what stuck out. She said, it's weird because most times when someone's getting ready to die, it's, it's everyone else around them trying to love that person, right, and help them get through. But Jesus, though he was the one getting ready to die, he was the one continuing to endure in love. So his love is enduring. It's not about himself, but it's about others. He continues to lay down his life. Love is not just talked about, but demonstrated. Jesus doesn't just say, I love you. His love is powerful. If, if you experience Jesus' love, um, it changes you, right? Because it's not just words, but action. In John, First um, John 3.16 by this we know love, that he laid down his life for us. By this we know love, that he demonstrated, he laid down his life for us. And we should lay our lives down for the brothers. So he lays down his life for us, and then he sends us out to do the same. So that's the way of Jesus when it comes to love. What does the way of the world say about love? Love can come and go. It's kind of a feeling, right? I'm in love today, tomorrow I'm not feeling it, so I bounce. The way of the world's love is not enduring. It's, it feels good. It's, it may be love for or, or, a, a part of love for a moment, but it doesn't endure. Love endures all things. The way of Jesus, his love endures all things. The way of the world, but for a moment. 
the way of the world, you love if you're being loved. I can love this person because they treat me the right way. Jesus, uh, if you didn't catch it in the scripture, he loved not just the 11 disciples, but he loved all 12. Even Judas, who was to betray him, he loved him to the end. He gave him every opportunity. Jesus or Judas, I love you. I want you to turn. I can't make you do it, but he loved him to the end. But we love if we're loved in return. The way of the world is we love if we love in return. Love is a feeling. Love is about words. Uh, you think about my teenagers that I work with. My gosh, if someone, you know, if they're, t- or even not just them, and you're, they're told that, they, that they're loved. My gosh, they'll do some things that, uh, you know, there's this feeling that comes, the desire to be loved. Um, but Jesus, again, this is not just a feeling. The way of Jesus' love is, is demonstrated. It's not just words to manipulate. In John 13, 3 through 5, Jesus, knowing the Father, has given all things into his hand, and that he had come from God and was going back to God, rose from supper. We want to look at the way of Jesus when it comes to the mindset of service and serving others. The way of Jesus... Looking at the way of the world, and I don't want to get there yet. Um, the disciples could not understand what was going on because it was so countercultural. When they saw Jesus get up from the chair, they're like, "What is going on here? This is crazy." Back in the day, um, the, how the culture was set up is that when you came to a, a gathering like they were having, you would have the um, the guest of honor, and then you would have the host, and then you would have the master, the host servant, and then you would have the regular servants, and then you would have the least servant, the lowest servant. And that was the job, that was who would wash the people's feet, the lowest servant. And Jesus, highly exalted, King of kings, Lord of lords, the only one who is worthy to open the scroll, the, the image of the invisible God, makes himself low. They couldn't even understand, like, how is Jesus doing this? Our master. It flows out of his identity. When we think about service, Jesus, um, in the way of Jesus, it comes from identity. It says, Jesus, knowing that God has put all things into his hands, that he had come from the Father and he was going back to the Father, rose up from his seat. Do you know, do you know who you belong to? Do you know that uh, your future is secure? That if you are in Jesus Christ, if you have put your trust in him, that your future is secure? That you can serve others because you belong to him? And you don't need to find uh, identity and love and uh, acceptance from the people around you because you already have it. From God. The way of Jesus, we are, we know who we are and then we serve. We don't serve to gain acceptance. We don't serve to gain status. Jesus serves not just for himself, but for the flourishing of the community. 
And Jesus called and Jesus called them to him and said, "You know that those who are considered rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their great ones exercise over authority over them. But it shall not be so among you. But whoever will be great among you must be your servant, and whoever will be first among you must be a slave of all. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and give his life as a ransom for many." So to have the mindset of Christ around service is that we don't just try to get what's best for us and our families, but for the flourishing of the whole community. The mindset of service, the way of the world. Offer as little time as possible. It's something that you might do to build your resume. You might do a weekend uh, service project. You might do a, a week-long missions trip. Uh, you might get some time off work to be able to go and help, uh, help some folks who need help. The way of the world, the mindset of service is like that. If it's too hard or requires too much sacrifice, we probably won't do it. Right? Maybe I'll go that one time, ah, it was too hard. Right? This is not the way of Jesus, the way of the world. Mindset around service. It's something that you do alongside your normal life. I'll do that one Saturday a month. Or, hey, we'll go once a month to do this thing. But Jesus, the way of Jesus, it is our lives, our hearts, our identities are rooted in God, and we serve from there. So thinking about uh, the heart of Christ, thinking about the way of Christ, thinking about service, um, as Wayne kind of shared this morning, we are broken, we are sinful this is the way of Christ that we're being transformed into, but it's not where we're at yet. And so here I'm up here preaching about serving. It's the way you should be all the time. And so uh, last night, Caleb crying, he pooped himself twice. And so Faith or uh, Bethany wakes me up and says, hey, can you go help? Can you go help uh, Caleb while I go get a bottle or whatever? And I'm just complaining. No, I'm tired. I got to preach tomorrow. Really? You would ask me to do that? Faith, you know how I used to do it when Faith was a little bit younger, you know, when she started crying, you know, I knew what I, what I should do is serve my wife. I knew that would lead to joy. I knew that would lead to peace. I knew that would lead to fullness of life. But I like pretend like I'm asleep and I can't hear some days, you know. So not loving my wife, not serving her, not having the mindset of Christ. But God calls us into something more full than that. So we've got the way of Jesus and we've got the way of the world. And now we're looking at verses 10 through 12. Jesus said to him, the one who hath bathed does not need to wash except for his feet, but is completely clean. And you are clean, but not every one of you. For he knew who was to betray him. And that was why he said, not all of you are clean. Speaking of Judas. So the way of Jesus is that he loves and serves his enemies. The way of Jesus that he loves and serves his enemies. This might be the hardest one. Judas was at the table when Jesus was washing their feet. But God, Jesus has called us. He doesn't just call us again. He demonstrates he calls us to love and serve our enemies. He calls us to it and then he does it. 
In Matthew 5, 43 to 44, it says, You have heard that it was said, You shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. The way of Jesus is to love and serve our enemies. The way of the world, forget about them. Gossip behind their backs. Demean them in public on social media. They don't agree with you. They're against you. Put them down either behind the back or in front of them. It doesn't even matter. Get revenge. The way of the world. We could all, we could stand up here and tell stories of the times that we've done that. But Jesus calls us to something different and he shows us something different when he washes Judas' feet. Jesus calls us to a new way of treating our enemies, to love them and to serve them. So I want us to think right now, who is our enemy? Who is the neighbor that you can't stand? Dogs always barking. Oh my gosh, if they would just shut up. Who's the coworker? Who you're trying to jockey against to get that next promotion and you inside, you actually hope that they fail so that you can get it. Who's your brother or sister? Definitely younger kids and teenagers, but not just them. There's adults here who view their brothers and their sisters as their enemy. Maybe there's some marriages this morning that uh, we're not feeling the love, we're not feeling the unity, but we're actually at each other's neck. Who's the Republican or Democrat either at work or on Facebook, that you can't stand, that you consider your enemy, and Jesus is calling you to love and serve. Who's the person in this building right now that you consider an enemy, who God's created us to be the family of God, to, sh- to put his love on display through us, but behind their back we're talking about them or Maybe we're not even talking about them in our minds and our hearts. We're wishing negative on them. There's a beautiful gift. I'm not going to do it, but we could maybe just shout those names out. We're definitely not going to do that, but there's an opportunity to repent and say, Jesus, thank you for showing me the way. Thank you for washing Judas' feet. Jesus, will you help me? Love my enemy. Will you help me serve my enemy? It's going to take a minute right now of silence and just ask us to pray uh, for God's help to love whoever it is that came to your mind. And if no one did come to your mind and you're at peace with all people, you could take some time just to thank him uh, for that as well. Amen. The way of Jesus versus the way of the world. So you might be asking yourself, I hear you. That sounds good. I want that, but I ain't there. How do I get access to that? How do I get access to that identity that Jesus had? 
knowing that the Father had put in all things through his hands, knowing that he had come from God and he was going back to God. How do I, how do I get to that place? Set your eyes on Jesus. In uh, chapter 13, <clears throat> verses 5 through 10, Then he poured water into the basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter and said to him, Lord, do you wash my feet? Jesus answered him, What I am doing you do not understand now, but afterward you will understand. Peter said to him, You shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, If I do not wash you, you have no share with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. And Jesus said to him, the one who is bathed does not need to wash except his feet, but is completely clean. And you are clean, but not every one of you. Our hope is not in loving and serving our enemies. Our hope is not in loving and serving our church body. Our hope is the fact that Jesus Christ did that for us perfectly. Not a single time did he wish bad on another person. He loved his enemy to the end. Jesus uh, talks about in Philippians 2, Jesus, have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, And being found in human form, he humbled himself, becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, that at his name every knee shall bow and every tongue confess on the earth and under the earth. That Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. The way that we get access, the way we get the strength and the power to become these new creations who can love and serve the way of Jesus and not the way of the world is by putting our trust in what he did for us. It's not a new message. Set your eyes on Jesus. Beg him. Cry out for God, will you open my eyes to see how you did this for me? Jesus, strengthen me. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, that my sin is not counted against me. Thank you, Jesus, that the times that I hated my enemies instead of loved them is not counted against me because of what you have done. That's only true, so the way you can gain access, that's only true is if you have put your trust and hope in Jesus Christ. You cannot gain access apart from faith in him. And if you have put your faith in him, don't be discouraged. If you're not there yet, if you're like, hey, I put my trust in him 20 years ago, 30 years ago, last year, and I'm still struggling with this stuff, set your eyes on Jesus. Cry out to him. If you've not, if you've not come to that place yet, if you're still figure, trying to figure out who is Jesus, oh, maybe I know who he is, but I'm not, like I said it, I knew Jesus, I knew about him, but I just wasn't interested. I knew Jesus, I read his word, but it was boring. And then Jesus opened my eyes. God worked through his spirit, 
And so if you want that, you're not there yet, just cry out. If you're like, I don't know how to cry out, ask somebody around you. We're here to help. Our identity is in Christ to those who have put their trust in him. He knew that God has put all things into his hands. He knew that he had come from God and was returning to God. If you are in Jesus this morning, you are completely clean. You're completely clean. You can rest in the same security and identity that Jesus had when he served, when he laid down his life. Be strengthened to get low because Jesus got low. So if you're a pastor, get low. If you're an elder, get low because Jesus got low. If you're a community group leader, get low because Jesus got low. If you're a father, stop laying in bed pretending to be asleep, get low. If you're a mother, get low. If you're the owner of a company or a manager, get low. If you're an older brother or sister, get low. If you're a popular teenager, get low like Jesus got low. If you're a good athlete, get low. If you're a good artist or musician, get low because Jesus got low. Every Christian, get low because Jesus has sent us out as his representation to the world of who he is. And he said, I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet. Now you go and wash one another's feet. Let's pray. Jesus, we still feel weak because we want to change. God, we want to be like you. And as hard as we try, we fail. Thank you, Jesus, that your love for us is not based on us, but based on who you are and what you've done for us. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would move. God, I pray that we would not just get low for a day or for a week, God, but that we would live a life of humility, of submission to you, Jesus. God, I know that the more and more we are to walk in the way of Jesus, your way, God, that we will experience peace, that we will experience fullness of life, that we will experience joy, and I want that for our family. So empower us, God, by your spirit to get low. In Jesus' name, amen.